0: Are you empathetic? Is it actually possible to practice being empathetic in the way you communicate and why you cannot succeed as a team leader or manager without empathy? This is what we are talking about in this episode, which is the second part of the interview with the Helsinki-based career and leadership coach Joppe Quartflieg. If you have not heard the first part of this interview, I would highly recommend you to do that, because in this first part, we are introducing Joppe's concept of descriptive communication, which has also a lot to do with empathy, a lot to do with how you present yourself especially when you're going to a job interview when you are shaping your career and your targets and now we are linking that to the concept of being empathetic and why this is crucial for being a leader i wish you a lot of fun with the second part of this interview Would you say also, because I mean now when we when we build that bridge a little bit to that topic of empathy that actually I mean, speaking slower to me it sounds like it's also connected with empathy. I mean, if we see empathy in a way that I can imagine how somebody else feels, how that person I am talking with fears, then to be motivated to speak slower, to make breaks, to give room for that person, right?
1: I, I'm, I'm actually also really curious to hear your opinion, but I've been breaking my head about, like, can you teach people empathy? And I've also been thinking like, what's the, what are the things that people that are highly empathic or that use a lot, what do they have in common? And there's at least one thought I've been having, I'm not sure if it's true, but let me share it with you. I think besides having an ability to read people, meaning reading their body language, their tone of voice and all that kind of stuff, I would say that what's even more important is that you actually care about the person in front of you. Because if I am in a managerial position and I ask you, do you have everything you need in order to do your job? I actually care. I actually want you to succeed, meaning that let's take listening as an example or speaking as an example. If I'm if I'm talking slowly because I think I can in some way or form manipulate you with that, I don't think it works positively. It's not empathy. But if I genuinely care about your success, then it's no longer a trick. Then talking slower and listening becomes empathic does that make any sense
0: yes i mean it's it's the that you know that word of manipulation it's always i think it always comes with both sides so i would say in general everything manipulates you <laughs> like if you're watching the news or checking social media um it's maybe just a question in which way or even if you have an intention to let's say manipulate a person in a good way, is that really something something negative, but i I, I think I, I guess what you mean Fair of enough. having basically like no no negative agenda or not making it for just my own benefit, but having having in mind to support and to care for that other person
1: I feel like one of my favorite examples is when managers uh, you know they let's say that you're my employee. You come to me and you had, there's something you are stuck with. You're frustrated with something. And you're telling me a story about a colleague or something. If I am a leader that doesn't understand empathy properly, somebody might have told me that it's really important to say, oh, yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's, I'm so sorry. That's really, yeah, that's really terrible. Yeah, yeah. But then it's a trick. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, it's not. You don't mean it, and I know that sounds silly, but I've had managers that did that, and you can pick up on it even if you're sensitive enough, and you're like, "Oh, excuse me," it couldn't feel more fake. Yeah. The same.
0: And, thing I can, Sorry, I could say this is really true. Like I've seen a lot. Right? You know these phrases, like where you hear this. Yeah. I hear you, and then you, yeah, exactly. you really notice, exactly. like, "Hey, okay, he he wants to say that or, he yeah. or she, but it's not." Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds artificial. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or another one is, and I, this gets on my nerves, uh, is that, uh, let's say you come with a problem and then I, as a manager, go like, Oh yeah, right. Oh, what do you think you should do? <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> now. And the thing is, the, the thing is that saying, I hear you or asking the question back, what do you think I should do? If I'm truly empathic, meaning if I care, then it works again. So if I genuinely care and I go like, oh, I'm sorry, man, that's really rough. Let's find a solution. Uh, I have an idea, but what do you think we should do? Then it works again. The reason why I say this is because people spend a lot of money, uh, leaders spend a lot of money on courses, and then people like me are giving these tricks, but they're not tricks. Mm -hmm. They don't work as such. You have to learn how to embody them. And I give an example. So... Uh, in martial arts, there is a lot of martial arts that uh, were, used to be very popular, but no longer they're popular. Why not? Because back in the day, they wouldn't pressure test them, which means that people wouldn't actually try out in full speed the techniques on each other. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we have sports, martial arts, where we actually do that. So I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu myself and it would go like this the teacher would show a certain move and then we would try that out with a partner and it would work this is showing the trick and we're like great this works oh amazing this is so much fun and then it was time to spar and now my partner wouldn't let me do it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work now what should I be upset with the teacher because it's not working no I should figure out how does this work when somebody's actually pushing back on me? And to me, being a good leader, being empathic, works the same way. How can I be empathic? How can I make the other person feel safe when they're clearly in distress and they are, quote unquote, pushing back? That's where you learn this is not a trick. This is why I'm not a big fan of, you know, here are the five steps towards this is if that would work we'd all be happy and rich and successful Mm. but it's not like that these are lessons that we have to learn repeat adjust until we get to the point we're able to improvise
0: Mm. what would be i mean in your opinion what would be the opposite of empathy or the opposite of being empathetic or what would be kind of a, let's say a red flag for a person noticing in a conversation like hey i'm, I'm actually not empathetic at the moment
1: uh, for themselves or for, that the other isn't empathic let's say both let's okay say both. <laughs> give me a second it's a really good question actually mm. Let's go first with the other person, not truly Mm -hmm. being empathic. So, uh, in our culture, our Western culture, or at least, I mean, I say Western because that's what I know, right? I know Western European countries. What I notice is there's an overemphasis on evading conflict and there's an overemphasis on, uh, acting as if everybody has good intentions and everybody's nice. I think that's a missed opportunity. I think that what speaks more than words is actions. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is that if somebody says one thing but does another, I make a mental note in my head and I, and I put that in a little box. If they do it once, it can be a coincidence. Doesn't mean that they should, they're not uh, having the best intentions. But if they do it twice, now it's a pattern. If they do it three times, I can make a conclusion. And I feel that we don't often do that. So let's say that somebody says, oh, I really care for you and I want you to be happy. But then when uh, there's a need from you or there's a trouble, so this, again, this could be a boss, right, Uh, a manager, and you knock on their door and they're like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have time. Okay, fair enough, that can happen. You're a manager, you're busy. But if you then wait till the next day and you're again there knocking on the door, and they say again, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so busy. Okay, what's happening here? So to me, when I think about you know, empathy or good intentions or depending on how you wanna frame it, we forget to look at the actual behavior that people are having because often we're afraid to put consequences to it. And as any psychologist will tell you, what well, <laughs> those are boundaries, hmm. right? I'm thinking about, I'm not sure how to answer your question about how that would work, empathy with yourself. I would have to think more about that. Yeah, not sure.
0: Yeah, but I think you give a really good example. And I think this is, and maybe, or maybe that kind of would answer also the question, let's say, but I mean, it it requires a very high level of self-reflection, right? I mean, let's say if I am that manager and if I am telling to my people, hey, you can come to my door anytime than to imagine how do the people feel with that and I think that that is what I would say what is empathy for me like having that imagination how does the other person feel I'm saying this or I'm writing this in an email how does the other person receive that to have that imagination and I think first I would say one has to be quite connected with the own emotions to be able to imagine how would the other well, person feel because I mean, if, if i cannot describe how i'm reacting that i don't know how the other person would feel but um if if i do that if i say you can come to my door and then the person comes then you know to have that level of self reflection of noticing oh i have said that yesterday and now i don't have the time but that person took it that way and was relying on that so at least if I don't have the time now I have to make an offer to to provide that security and to as you say not to not to communicate of oh I have a pattern I say this and then I do this
1: yeah yeah I I would I would hope at least that anybody in a leadership position also has some kind of self-reflective capabilities if they don't then I think the company made a mistake in hiring this person for a leadership position. How can you lead without the ability to self-reflect? And of course, there are other factors, as I said before, you know, like we're all busy and things, uh, but it's often like even before feeling how it makes somebody feel already, just the practicality of, you know, you say, oh, I'm available for my employees. Well, are you? It's a very fair question because it's easy to say (laughs) and people do it all the time, right? I never lie. "Eh, Really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm, 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 I'm always on time. Are you like, so I think it also has to do with, uh, with checking. So for instance, I'll give you another example. Like one way for me to teach people how to be more empathic themselves is as following. Um, To me, a very basic version of empathy is to make assumptions based on your observations. So if I see somebody in the office and they have uh, watery eyes, Mm. then, well, what could that mean? Well, maybe they've been crying. Or they have something in their eye. What else could it be? like an allergy i don't know something right so allergy crying or something in their eye well okay how do you test that well you make the assumption and then you ask Mm -hmm. hey do you have something in your eye no i'm sad Mm -hmm. okay now i know Mm -hmm. uh are you sad yes i'm sad now you know you know like but we we don't we don't test we we don't make the assumptions even where it's as if we are afraid to make the assumption and as you see in my example i'm not even talking about feelings it's just you're just testing reality now if you would ask me like you know how would you deepen that then i absolutely agree with what you say about okay you make the assumption you test it and then you go like oh I know when I cry that I'm sad and it makes me feel bad. Therefore, this person is probably feeling bad. But as you see, I'm actually doing the same thing again. I'm making an assumption, I'm testing it. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like with empathy, there are different levels. You get better, 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 better at it until the point where you have the ability to kind of make the assumptions on a more meta level, if that makes any sense. Mm
0: I think it's a little bit, maybe, you know, kind of a thin ice, (laughs) if we say it that way. I think it's always a question, what do you observe and what do you then really speak out to not embarrass a person? And I think this is, again, where the empathy comes in. Like, if you're talking about watery eyes, it's then like, you know, do you want to go too much into the detail or do you talk to that person bilaterally? Yeah.
1: But to me, it works like this, and obviously, don't get me wrong. You know, I've been busy with this my whole life. But <laughs> let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a manager. I see a coworker, I'm an employee. They're, 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 they're crying a little bit behind their desk. Mm. Am I not going to say anything? That sounds insane to me. Yeah. There's because it's, it's, it's a change of the norm, and I'm the leader. I have yeah. to check. Yeah. So I go there, and I hey, uh, looks to me like you're crying. Are you okay? Mm. Uh, they might say, no, I'm allergic to peanuts. Okay, now we know, right? <laughs> yeah. Or they say, yeah, my, something happened. Now, if I am a well-trained leader, I'll, I can simply ask, would you want to come sit with me and have a cup of coffee? Or would you rather have it that I let you be? Again, do you see that there's no emotion involved there? It's not about emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm giving this person the opportunity to relate to me and bond, or if they want to be left alone. But they're an adult. They can tell me. Mm -hmm. Now, if I would do that with you, would you feel embarrassed? No. Exactly, right? Now, if I would go to you and I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? That (laughs) makes you embarrassed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like with a lot of people, they, in my opinion, they confuse empathy with being emotional, mm. but I feel like a more adult way of empathy is actually very, you, it means that you can check with people how they're feeling without you feeling it yourself.
0: Yeah, then, you know, it's maybe then about showing compassion, but not suffering with them absolutely absolutely and
1: also like you know and i know that some people would like me saying this but a lot of people that think of themselves as empathic are unfortunately rather codependent because they meet people and they feel their emotions and they kind of hijack their those emotions and they make them their own Mm. now they don't ask for this and this has you know this is based on trauma but i wouldn't call that per se healthy empathy at all i think Mm. that's rather Uh, actually can traumatize you even more.
0: Yeah, but also to me it sounds I mean, when you would do that as a manager when you would offer to that person, hey, do you want to come and sit with me for a cup of coffee and then maybe asking what happened Um, to me it sounds now it brings us a little bit back to that topic of descriptive communication because right, you're doing the same like, hey what happened, do you want to talk about it and and share the details? Yeah,
1: and if you notice in both examples, there's a healthy distance. So you know when people say, "If somebody is grieving, all you have to do is be there for them." Mm. A lot of people say, "Like, oh yeah, that's great. That's such a good advice." But it doesn't mean that it works. Let's say you're grieving because somebody passed away, and I just stand next to you, with, <laughs> right? It has to do with a Version where I acknowledge you and your pain, but I keep enough distance so you because you're the owner of those feelings. If you're sad because you're grieving, I'm not sad because you're grieving, uh, because I'm grieving, therefore I can actually support you. That Mm -hmm. puts me in a role of caretaker in that moment. Yeah, and by the way, I would like to also add a positive spin to this. To me, the same thing goes with celebration. Mm. if you have something to celebrate and i start freaking out with you that's (laughs) gonna be a little bit weird but if i'm happy for you but there's a little bit of distance and you're the own i'll let you be the owner of this now you truly get to celebrate
0: yeah yeah i think i've always heard about that of you know like holding the frame
1: yeah exactly like in exactly. a
0: in a seminar in a meeting or in giving a speech like holding that frame holding that energy up for others like putting the others in the middle and they can yeah. move there and do freak out cry whatever but you're holding that that stable frame and not making something yeah something wobbly <laughs> and yeah, exactly. something exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah and also that i believe that that also for me as a listener costs less energy if you're in pain or you're celebrating and I start freaking out with you I'm just burning up my own energy also.
0: Yeah, true. Yes. I mean I can say about myself I I can easily get into that like adopting the energy and the mood of others and I think then also Of course. that I had also to learn to set these boundaries and as you said keeping yeah. that distance and it does not mean that I am not empathetic or that I don't show yeah. compassion just also yeah maintaining my own stability yeah
1: exactly exactly yeah
0: yeah and i mean to me that seems or that that it's both i think that's the cryptic communication and also the empathy i think this is based on my own experience i would say this is what we definitely need in the working environments i mean in in the bigger companies because i mean people work there as experts for for economics, for for all kinds of things, accounting, as you said, but most of them, they have not been educated yep. with, with these tools. So if now people would like to work with you, and I mean, here we're also talking about an international audience, so both on-site in Finland, but also online, where can people find you and what are the concrete offers that you have? Yeah.
1: So uh, one thing to do is go to my website, Mm Articula.com. Articula is with a Q. Yeah,
0: we will put it Uh, in the show notes, of course. Yes.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And then another thing would be to connect with me on LinkedIn, just my first name and last name. Uh, The current offers that I have are, there are four options. One is simply this innovative coaching way. It could be individual sessions. Mm -hmm. One is I have also a, a networking workshop which is for companies to help inside the company's departments to work together. So for cross-pollination. Uh, then I have also a workshop on how to do meetings because as simple as it may sound, I'm always quite surprised how challenging it can be for people to actually have efficient meetings. Mm-hmm. And what this means in the end of the day, mostly is at the end of a meeting, everybody should know what to do, have all the tools, and the meeting should last as long as it needs to. I'm always very surprised that if you book an hour meeting, it's an hour, that's not necessary. You can book the hour and be done in 20 minutes if necessary. And that should be a meeting. And then the fourth one is a tool for companies on how to find hidden talent. Uh, Nowadays, it's really hard for companies to find the proper talent. One of the reasons is that uh, finding a job has a little bit to do with your experience and your diploma, but has a lot to do with the ability of selling yourself. A lot of people don't know how to sell themselves and therefore, uh, sorry, they might still be a great candidate. I have developed techniques that I can help with HR and marketing. So we can actually help you formulate your wishes as a company for talent in such a way that you can find the talent that you otherwise would not speak to. And those are the products that I have.
0: Sounds cool. So the latter, it's not just you know giving the responsibility to to the talents that are not able to sell themselves, but it exactly. also to go to the companies and saying, "Hey, come from that other angle, make yes. that step towards people, exactly. and uh, express yeah. definitely what you're looking for." Sounds yeah. cool. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. We will put everything into the show notes. Uh, I hope really there will be a lot of companies reaching out to you because this Thank is you. I think really what the working environment needs. Thanks a lot. For being my, my guest pleasure. i think we covered great topics thank you
1: thank you very much
0: thank you for listening to this episode and i hope you had some inspiring insights on your journey to spotlight your true self If you don't want to miss the next episode then please subscribe to this podcast and you would make me very happy if you would give this podcast a rating, if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and if you would recommend this podcast to your friends, to your family, to your colleagues or whoever where you think this person would find support in the topics that I am discussing here. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can find me on LinkedIn and on Instagram under at michaela.ketner.fi. And if you find it challenging to spell my German name, you can find, of course, all the contact details in the show notes of this podcast.